Whether you're an underwater monster, the beast below, the beast in the pit, or someone just trapped you down in an old vault, welcome to A Bad Case of Loving Who. I'm Thomas Medina, and joining me today, he's 2,000 years old, and he's never had the time for the luxury of outrage. It's Christopher Stennett. Hello. Hello, hello. I actually don't know how old I am. I've forgotten. So, it could be 2001, or it could be, I don't know, 1905. Ooh, 1905, that's a bit too specific for my liking. Okay. Um, but, I'm not um, sure. Okay, it's one of those two options then. <laughs> or it could be one of those 15,000 options. 15,000. Again, these yeah. numbers are all, uh, I feel, leading to some kind of <laughs> specific answer. But uh, right. we'll have to ponder that um, later yeah. because now we're going to have to talk about Season 10, Episode 3 of Doctor Who, which we were going to talk about last week, but no, we didn't. Nah. We stuck to the actual episode that came out last week, and this week yep. we'll do this one. It's called Thin Ice, and uh, it is written by Sarah Dollard, who's Australian, and um, also wrote Face the Raven last season, Okay. Um, and directed by Bill Anderson, who I have nothing else to say about, but mm. they are a director. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and here, as I am liking doing lately, is the short IMDb synopsis for this episode. <clears throat> the Doctor and Bill visit London during the last of the River Thames frost fairs in February 1814. They soon discover that there is something under the ice which is causing people to disappear. Oh, mysterious. What could it be? It's a big fishy thing. Well, <laughs> that wasn't very surprising. Find out, do we? <laughs> well, we never see a a really um wide kind of yeah. uh, clear shot of it, do we? Yeah, we see the uh, eye up close. Yeah, but then, uh, but then, well, I'll go straight into then talking about that monster, and mm. it reminded me, you know, a lot of some previous episodes. We've seen things a lot like this before. Uh, yeah. Like in The Beast Below. Yeah, um, that's the most common one that sprang to my mind as well. Yeah, totally. It was a very similar setup to that. And also, have you seen, um, I think in Torchwood, the episode is called Meat. Uh, and in, in that episode, there are these villains who are harvesting this big alien whale they've got in a, in, in a big warehouse. So very similar to that as well. I may have seen it, but I probably haven't. It's it's one of the ones that I I probably have tried subconsciously a bit to put out of my mind because it's a bit disturbing and disgusting. Okay, because then you, like you literally see like them. Then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you literally see them in that uh, sawing meat off off this whale who's just screaming. Um, yeah, I can understand why you'd want to put it out of your mind. Yeah. But I can um, also understand why I now want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, get on that. Um, <laughs> well, and so that's the the monster in this episode. But really, in this episode, the villain is uh, is just a human being guy, isn't it? Indeed. Um, which has been a bit rare lately. I, I realised it, it felt um, different to just have just a regular. 
bigoted human being. Yeah, even the doctor was expecting an alien. That true, exactly. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and did and we ever find out um, with that monster below whether it was alien or not? Whether the the monster under the lake was alien? Yeah. Oh, I guess not really. Um, mm. Yeah, like yeah, that's right. It could be um, something that belongs or and came from under the earth. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, well, and I was surprised it um, just stayed at the end. I suppose. Um, I. Uh, it's uh, wandered off. Just... It's probably still there under the Thames as we speak. Mm-hmm. That's right. No one would know. It's <laughs> so um. It's so difficult to see through that um, disgusting water. Mm-hmm. Uh, jumping around randomly, one thing in this episode that was interesting is I feel like we got, maybe it's just me, but I feel like we got first proper good looks at the new latest Sonic screwdriver. Like, yes. it's been yeah. around for a little while, but they've never really shown it very clearly until this episode. And now I can actually see it looks cool and it, it lights mm-hmm. up and... Uh, it's uh, nifty. Attracts glowing fish. It attracts glowing fish. Yeah. Those glowing fish, by the way, when when they were above the surface and he was dangling a dead one around. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty uh, funny looking. <laughs> Very funny looking. <laughs> it's one of those things where, like, obviously you could tell it's, it looked really fake. Um, yeah. <laughs> but but it's also just kind of so cool and I respected them so much for making that and having a scene where the Doctor's throwing it's around boring. in his hands that, yeah. that I was kind of uh, determined to suspend my disbelief as much as possible and <laughs> try to just enjoy it because I'm just glad they went there. <laughs> yes, I'm definitely with Bill, though. I am not eating that. Yeah, um... <laughs> in pies as well. Yeah. <laughs> Let alone like in sushi. At least it kind of feels like it'd make more sense. I've never yeah. had fish pie. Um, uh, have you ever even heard of fish pie? Fish pie. Well, I'd say in chicken pies they could probably throw in a bit of fish. No one would notice. That's right. You'd never know. Um, and it's not too outrageous, of course. I'm sure the. I'm sure there are many fish pies in the world, but uh, I've just never come across them. Maybe yeah. we should have more fish pies. Just saying, we are still a bad case of blowing who, <laughs> even though we are talking about pies and fish pies at the moment. And stay tuned to the end of the episode for our, our recipe of um, famous yep. bad case of loving who fish pie. That, <laughs> when you say that all in one go, actually, that sounds blows. funny. Bad case of loving who fish pie. Okay. Um, uh, also in this episode, um, I thought those scr- street urchin kids were pretty great. The little oh, con artists. Pretty cool, yeah. Yeah, because, and as we've discussed before, uh, kids and children are very hit and miss on Doctor Who. Very. Um, very. <laughs> like, there's the best and the absolute worst. Uh and these ones I thought were pretty high on the scale, pretty good. Yes. Yeah, oh, like reminded me of um. On the hat. Yeah, they all had their own little quirk, quirky yeah. characters. Um, bit like good old um, Empty Child, ages ago. Mm. Um, uh, I guess that's yeah. just the last street urchin kids I can remember in Doctor yeah. Who. Yeah. 
<laughs> and in London as well. So. That's right. And the Doctor always seems to get along with them really well. Yes. They're kindred spirits. It does. <laughs> I love how he's, uh, yeah, how determined the Doctor is to uh, learn that uh, coin trick off that guy. Yes. Uh, it, he really loves a good trick. Yeah, yeah. Also, you know when um, the Doctor is with those kids... And he mm. takes off his hat and then pulls out three or four pies. Yeah. Do you know where they came from? No. Like, did he steal all of them as well at the same time? Maybe. I don't know. I don't think so. Because... At the time, I didn't think he had a hat. Uh, oh, well, oh, right. Maybe that's right. Um... Mysterious pies. Mysterious fish pies. Maybe he grows fish pies out of his brain. Now, that would be a cool alien maneuver. Yes, that's that, That's just so Time Lord. <laughs> In this episode, they, um, they talk a fair bit about that theme that they, they come back to fairly often, uh, probably every season, uh, of, like, facing the Doctor's death toll and... Mm. Uh, and I, I like how seriously it's taken in this episode, how seriously um, Bill's confronted by how many people the Doctor has probably killed. Mm. Uh, and because I'm still just a bit bitter, to be honest, about that time um, in season seven in Dinosaurs on a Spaceship, mm. when, when I remember at the end something like the 11th Doctor killed the villain uh, just... Oh, pretty yeah. heartlessly, and the show didn't seem to care at all. Mm. Um, and I just thought that was the least Doctorish moment ever. Mm. But I think that was before um, a town called Mercy, where he repented or something. But anyway, um, yeah. I was glad it was pretty seriously taken mm. in this episode. We'll see if it comes up again, because it certainly appears to me that. Bill is the type of character who is going to care not just about this death, but every death from now on. Yeah. And it makes it just a way more dramatic show if, mm-hmm. like, uh, if you, you're not just having, you know, kids disappear into the ice and no one cares. Uh, mm-hmm. if, if that's taken seriously, it's way more dramatic. Mm-hmm. And that was cool in this episode. I felt like, yeah, everything mattered... Uh, the way it should. Yeah, did. Yeah. And the music as well, when um, they were confronting those issues. I yep. thought it was very nice, very um, sort of solemn and, like, deathly. Well, not deathly, but very appropriate for that sort of theme. Mm, yeah. And speaking of the music, I noticed... Uh, I think early on, particularly some of the kind of wandering out into the desolate ice mm. parts, they used some some whale-like sounds uh-huh. in the soundtrack, which uh, you know is a bit cliche that that kind of feeling, but very appropriate. Mm. Um, yeah, that was cool atmosphere. Yeah. So, did you like this episode? Uh, oh, how does this episode compare to the previous two for you? The previous two, I'd put. Um Sort of like somewhere in the middle. So okay, probably not as um immediately eye catching and as good as the first one, but probably 
bit better than the second one. Cool, yeah. Yeah, I pretty much agree. I, I'd be happy to put, for me, uh, this one and uh, the first one on, on the same level, pretty much. Okay. Pretty equal. And, yeah, smile a bit below. Mm. Um, I do love historical pieces, though, where they go back in time. Yeah. It's nice to see. Yeah, it was very nice, especially when, uh, yeah, they they seem to still be using their budget in this episode, and <laughs> it was some fairly extravagant for Doctor Who sets and mm. and locations. Very yeah. nice. And then at the end of the episode, when they return back, back, yeah. back home, oh. back to the the university, it's very interesting how how Nardole is upset with them. Yeah. <laughs> and he really seems to want them to stick to the um, the mission. Mm. Whatever that is. Mm. Mm. Yeah, and then, I um, found it interesting how he noticed straight away that they were wearing different clothes. Well, after he'd put down his tea. Um, <laughs> what was with him? But he can't complain about people being in weird clothes at all, hey? Because what was that episode where he was... He, do I remember him suddenly turning up in, like, Egyptian costume or something oh yes in um the christmas episode that was so bizarre was that ever explained i don't know i don't think so (laughs) but that was pretty funny um but it does make me wonder how long have they been guarding this fault have Mm. they been guarding it since just after the christmas app or or even further because I would imagine that he has repurposed Nardole to help him with this. Yeah, mm mm-hmm. And the Doctor mentions in this episode that he's 2,000 years old or Mm. close enough to. Yes. Which, in in theory, would help us kind of calculate, you know, how much time's passed and where he's been, but... uh, but I've got quite, I've become quite confused with the Doctor's age over the past couple of seasons because it's done a few jumps, um, a few big jumps at times. So very big, yeah. Yeah, not really sure how big mm. this one was since say last I'm season. that David Tennant was only about nine hundred. That's right. Matt Smith used up like most of the Doctor's <laughs> life. <laughs> yeah, and in the Christmas set where Matt Smith regenerated. Wonder how long he was on um, Translore for. Yeah, that's crazy. And back to the very end of the episode, um, there's someone in the vault and or something, and it's it seems to want out, mm. and Knocking it knocks three times. It knocks three times. Three times. Uh, is this right though? It knocks three times, then three times, then quickly at the end, two sets of four. Um, I don't Am I right think in that? Two sets of four, but I think at the end there's another knock making the final set of three a set of four. Yeah. Okay. So, so really there, it. <laughs> yeah. As soon as we heard knocking there, of course we went. Okay, this will be a great clue. Um, yeah. But really, they didn't. They didn't indicate too they much. Didn't it's still make it obvious if it. Yeah, still totally open-ended because it knocks three times and four times, possibly. So, (laughs) Mm -hmm. um, still 
could be the master, could be anyone. Could be, um, here's one just quick crazy theory I, um, heard somewhere. I forget where. Oh. Oh, no, this was also actually on Paul Verhoeven's YouTube channel. Um, right. Okay. And uh, he mentioned this theory that the Doctor is in the vault. And, um, like, Peter Capaldi, the, the real Doctor, and the guy that we're watching in this season uh, and following is not actually the Doctor, but um, some kind of... A clone or or copy or um false doctor, which I think could be a pretty cool twist. Right, that could actually work, I suppose. Yeah, and because this doctor that we're watching seems to have kind of gone back to basics, like he's doing the most basic doctory things, like he's yeah. starting over again. No, uh, yeah, yeah. So it I all also kind of found it weird how he um so like gave build the lead and ask for her permission to do stuff and that bit at the end where he's weighing your orders to mm. either release the beast or let the beast date everyone basically. Quite different to the similar situation in the beast below where um, yes. where the doctor does not want to listen and uh, <laughs> and he's he's pretty ready to do his own thing and yeah um, but in beast below i think too it was a bit more at stake and let's be honest the beast below was you know just kind of inherently a bit cooler because it's in space yeah um, <laughs> but that's that's an unfair comparison Indeed. all episodes in space are better than the ones that aren't in space um, not necessarily <laughs> it at least adds i think um, it adds a different element yes it adds objective coolness, in but my opinion. Could, <laughs> that's that's a, that makes no sense. Objective. You could argue that the girl in the fireplace is in space and in eighteenth century France. Yes, yes, and it benefits from that space. <laughs> yes. Uh, any final thoughts on on thin ice? You know how early on in the episode where we crossed back inside the TARDIS and we saw the monitors say that the ice was melting or something like danger? Mm, is that danger or something, right? Yeah. Yeah. I really don't get why we saw that. Yeah, yeah that... That doesn't make a lot of sense. We don't see... Because really, if that's the way it is, we should see that in every episode. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which would be funny if we just get used to that. Doctor watch it? <laughs> yeah, at the start of every episode. Let's look at the monitor. Oh, dangerous. <laughs> well, yeah, pretty good episode. Certainly better than last week, I think. Um, a good time, a good historical episode. Mm. Though, um, though we're still only getting warmed up, aren't we? Uh, yes. Well, the, the real stuff is yet to come. freezing cold in this episode. Well, yes. <laughs> you got to cool down before you can warm up. Indeed. Mm. Cool. And I so I think that is going to do it for us for this episode, yeah? Indeed, probably. Brilliant. Um, I was just going to ask, what is the episode next week called? It is called Knock Knock. 
Okay. Um, and and next week on the podcast, after we talk about that episode, I want to um, we'll we'll go through the the titles for the rest of the season, I think, and have yep. a look at them. Yep. But uh, good. So we'll do that next week. Yep. Um, with that title, do you think it's in relation to the knocking and the fault we heard at the end of the episode? Could be. I, I really hope there's at least a reference to the Masters for Knox, because, yep. um, like, they've used that a lot already in the show, but I I feel like that's a... It's just a really cool concept that yeah, was really like smart. Masters thing. Yeah, it's such a nice little um, little motif that uh, is so iconic now. Um, yes, and so simple. That's what Doctor Who does best, these simple little things that, like... And then you just you you watch the show and you go back into real life and you're going, and everyone's just getting freaked out. Um, yep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, next week we must talk more about the coming season and our hopes for Only the best episodes. episodes in, so. Yeah. Uh, and in the meantime, um, if anyone wants to email us. You can send those emails to abcoflovingwho at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find the podcast on iTunes or anywhere else you like. And here to play us out is Whale Sounds. Because, <laughs> you know, there's kind of a fish in this episode. Does that make sense? Was it really a fish or I thought I had a reference to um, Loch Ness Monster? There was something like that, yeah. Um, but what is the Loch Ness Monster? I don't know. Maybe we had an half an answer. Hmm. Well, enjoy these whale sounds. Okay.